Episode number five, a text on New Year's Eve from my tenant, no heat, I'm in another province, and how I avoided over $8,000 of bills. Let's get into it. Welcome to For Rent, conversations to better the rental industry. I'm your host, Mackenzie Wilson. Whether you're a first-time homeowner, an accidental landlord, a seasoned investor, or perhaps just a curious tenant, this is the podcast for you. Join the conversation as we cover best practices, industry news, and one-on-ones with thought leaders in the rental industry. We'll go deeper to cover the lessons learned and get to the root cause of challenges facing the rental industry today. We'll empower you with the information you need to be a better landlord or a more informed tenant. Let's get to it. So folks, if you just need the quick and dirty out of this conversation, instead of listening to the whole episode, I'll save you time, get down to the end. It's timestamped below in the show notes. There's a too long, didn't read, or the Cole's note, short summary of the section of the key takeaways that will help you do better in your business. Head over there right now, or enjoy this fantastic journey of mine on my furnace replacement journey. All right, welcome folks back to another episode. I'm super excited. I am your host, Mackenzie Wilson. And this is a not quite an ad hoc episode, but you know, being in the business and and doing it day to day, I got a text just this past New Year's, New Year's Eve to be exact, from my tent saying I have no heat in one of my rental properties. I'm currently in BC. My property's back in Calgary, Alberta. I'm over three hours away. And uh they're telling me they've got no heat and it's, it's middle of winter. It's probably minus 15 or 20 degrees, if I remember correctly. So, wow, that was a really stressful annoyance. So this is the journey of how I dealt with it. I learned a ton of lessons I want to share with you and how you can apply them to your rental property business to save money, be more thrifty and prudent. And all the names and companies that I use are mentioned in the show notes below. So a quick background. The text comes in New Year's, New Year's afternoon. It's like, 3 o'clock. If I remember correctly, New Year's is on a Friday or Saturday. So I was basically going into a long weekend. Fortunately enough, my tent downstairs uh, was a little bit tech savvy and he had gotten to a point where he was restarting the furnace a few times a day to keep it running for the day. So it turned out not to be a pressing issue, which was awesome. So it saved me the call out and the overtime fees of doing um, an after hours long weekend service call. So that was a bonus. Thank you to my tenant. One thing that kind of threw me off with this was it was my upstairs tenant that notified me that they noticed the property was unusually cold and they thought there was a furnace problem. My basement tent didn't even notice. Super weird. So that was kind of a a weird thing that was kind of going in my head as I I was trying to process what was going on. Okay, let's get into it. Service call number one. So I phoned one of these largest, big, big branded, big furnished repair companies here in Calgary. You know, they have over a couple dozen trucks that they can run for service calls. So they show up and not only do I get the furnace tech coming up, they show up with a sales rep who is doing a uh, ride along on on my call. I'm not like I get sharing and educating and, and, and so I was fine with that part, but I had an uneasy feeling right off the hop if there was a sales rep right on my call and just conveniently had to happen to be there. So again, I know you need to train these guys, but at the same time too, it didn't didn't sit right with me. I was a little like, uh, okay, we'll see how this goes. 
anyways, uh, they diagnose it. It honestly didn't take very long. They're 15 minutes maybe at most in the uh, furnace room. Comes back, tells me that there's something wrong with my heat exchanger. We go back and forth. We question each other. Or I question him just to get a little bit more clarity and understanding what my problem is and cost to just repair the problem. But uh, they came and told me, hey, I need a new furnace. So that was $7,040 plus GST to get this new furnace. And that included $1,500 to cut a new exhaust pipe and route that to the outside to 21 feet from the middle of the property where the furnace room was. So that does not include someone coming back, drywalling, mud and painting to do the repair because to code, they explained to me, I think every five feet requires the exhaust to be strapped against the structure of the, of the house or the, the floor joists. So five feet, that's at least four feet, maybe even five, depending on how they cut the holes that have to cut for in my property. And imagine, you know, a six, a six inch by six inch hole, they could put their hand through and tools or maybe even a little bit larger to strap it, um, the exhaust. So four or five holes to get mudded and I get drywall mudded and sanded. Plus I have to paint them and that's not even included in this cost. So that's on me. Judge it what you will, what you think you can do that right now. Well, this is early 2023 when this is all happening. We wrap up first call, total cost out of my pocket, $131.25. They also said, hey, by the way, if you choose to go with us and replace your furnace, we'll credit the service call and take it off your final bill. Okay, interesting. Appreciate that. I get a recommendation from another company to do a furnace replacement quote. I didn't do a service call on this one. They're going to do it for free. Come out to my property and just quote me. I said, okay, for sure. Go for it. This quote came in a little bit cheaper at $840 less for a grand total of $6,200 plus GST. As bonus, he offered to quote me a hot water replacement. So I said, sure, go ahead. Uh, and they offered me $1,717.50 plus GST for a new hot water tank. And if I remember correctly, that is a 40 gallon. At this point, I needed a sanity check. I was like, these numbers are high. I hadn't found a solution yet. I was starting to worry that I had to drop six to $8,000 when you include all my repairs that get me back to position before for a brand new furnace. And I was like, ooh. So I reached out to the Facebook group, Alberta Landlord Community, which I run here in Alberta, which has the largest number of members at now we're at 4,300 plus members. And uh, quite glad I did this as uh, it was quite eye-opening. And let's see here. We had a ton of responses. We had 49 comments. Uh, almost 1,000 people saw this post. It was interesting. So I, why I thought this was valuable to do, and I, and I do recognize this is not a straight apples-to-apples apples comparison because obviously in my case, they had to run new exhaust through 21 feet of internal space to get to the external wall to vent a new furnace for the high-efficiency one. But... What it did give me was really a high and a low and a high range of what this furnace replacement should cost me, which gave me a ballpark of numbers to operate within. Because um, I did get pushback in the community from some folks saying, well, you can't do that because every situation is unique and all that kind of stuff. Totally true. But if I had no idea going into this what I should be paying for, I now have a best case scenario and a worst case scenario. And if I'm going on the closer to the worst case side, then I probably know I'm paying more of a premium than I should be to get the best price out there for a furnace replacement. Out of that conversation, someone suggested, 
hey, why not get a quote from Costco? They've got really good pricing. So I said, sure, why not? So I filled out the online form through Costco to do with your membership. And I made a mistake in the first time. So I actually submitted it twice. And I got called by two different companies because of that mistake. Well, the first company that called me was the exact same company that did the first service call that told me I need a new furnace for $7,440. And I was like, okay, well, interesting, kind of funny, but great, you've already been to the site. Can you just give me a revised quote with a Costco discount? No, they can't do it. And here's why, which I was being the customer in this situation, was really kind of a little bit frustrated how I heard this uh, workout. Because it's Costco giving a discount through this preferred vendor, which was the first company I used for the first quote, a Costco sales rep has to come out, do their quote, and then resend it back to the same company that's already been to my site and knows exactly what to do to give me another uh, quote to replace the furnace. What I didn't like about this process was now I am disturbing my tenants uh, enjoyment of the rental property uh, with an additional visit from a sales rep, which I didn't think was necessary. And uh, obviously I'd rather not do that. Okay, my third visit and second service call and I can't remember how I found this, this individual, but this was a game changer because what I had learned or what I, what I was doing in the past was picking big popular companies to do my quotes. And I'm paying because they're a bigger company, larger operation. They have probably a little bit more preferred vendors and partnerships. I'm, I'm paying more of a premium call, but I know I'm getting good service because they are very reputable. So I was always going down that road because I wanted good service and I didn't really know what I didn't know. This time I found this company, it was a one man or one individual operation, bonus plumbing and heating, uh, the fellow's name was Mitch. And why I really liked him right off the hop was I called them same weekend, New, Year, New Year's Eve weekend. So it's a long weekend on the holidays, just after Christmas. He answered my call after hours, but he was straight up and honest on the phone and he gave me some really good pro tips so much that I got him on the podcast. So let's bring him in. So Mitch, I think I'll see the first question you told me was you, you had a really interesting fact around older furnaces and about their parts that uh, might make them a little bit more advantageous for someone who's looking to save money on repairs. Yeah, definitely. I've heard this in the industry that I guess the patents on all the new furnaces, a lot of these companies are patenting their parts. So you can really only get the components directly from the manufacturer. And well, with that level of exclusivity, you get a bit of a premium price on that. And then, of course, all the guys were buying them from our suppliers. And we were just kind of at that same mercy and you got a whole bunch of markups along the chain, right? Whereas an older furnace, it's been more than 10 years. The patents are released. OEM parts are made for all sorts of universal situations like a better way of saying that would be oem parts have all been released for these older furnaces it's a lot more widely available and they've kind of figured out what components were necessary and what maybe not so much so we've found ways to really refine the parts and just make them cheaper over the years with more people producing the same part, there's competition, so obviously better pricing. But the availability factor compared to one sole distributor of a proprietary part, there's just a more availability as well. Okay, so Mitch comes out to my property. You just heard him talk. He gave out some really good points there. And the end result of his service call visit was, again, really refreshing. 
And he was honest again. He didn't actually know the exact issue. He thought it could have been a heat exchanger, which is what I got told the very first time. I kind of wished in this one, I, I made a mistake myself. I kind of led Mitch a bit of what I thought the issue was by sharing what the first furnace tech had found out. If you can hold off from doing that because you don't want to, to bias their opinion, let them do their own troubleshooting and come to their own conclusions, just as, a, as an FYI. Anyways, wasn't sure, thought it also could have been a heat exchanger. That cost came out to $173.25. So second surface call, that's out of my pocket for two invoices. So again, out of that conversation I had on the Facebook group, Santosh, uh, a great member of our community who's also an investor-focused realtor with EXP Realty here in Calgary, shared some really great tips, so much that he came on the show. So here's what Santosh had to say with me. Just kind of run me through, you had a great comment on, on the post where I was dealing with trying to get a new furnace or get my current furnace replaced, talking about these different brands and some of the value behind that. Can you just explain that further? Yeah, so this is just feedback that I've gotten from uh, a bunch of HVAC people I've used. They kind of gave me the analogy of like buying a Toyota versus a Lexus, so to speak, right? For example, a Lennox brand or or one of the bigger Lennox or train, like the bigger brands would be kind of the Lexuses that you're paying for these days. And And he said there's many other economy brands that are oftentimes made by these bigger companies, but they're sold at a cheaper price because they're kind of... You know, more economy brands, the Toyotas of the furnace world, right? Right. And so my HVAC people advised me, like, if you're putting a new furnace at a, at a rental, like, this is not a luxury home, um, you don't need to go crazy high-end. You don't need the fancy bells and whistles on your furnace. You don't need Bluetooth on your furnace to see what pressure it's running at or whatever. Right, yeah. They just recommend it go for a, a more basic model, and they're just as high, um, high efficient or energy efficient in terms of how much uses so yeah they, they operate the same and, and you said something too about the repairability yeah in terms of repairability often these uh more economy brands are easier to replace because they, they tend to come with less bells and whistles and, and, and another another point i wanted to add uh, what i've heard is a lot of hvac installers go to particular suppliers right and they have i'm not 100 percent sure don't quote me on it but i think they have service contracts to install preferred brands so like XYZ company only installs XYZ furnace, or at least that's what they try to push for most of the time. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily the only option out there, right? If they only recommend a, a Lexus every time, that doesn't mean you have to go for the Lexus just because they're the only one installing it, right? What would be the advantage of going with someone smaller over someone larger or vice versa? Yeah, so if you go with the bigger companies, oftentimes you're not dealing with the manager of it, right? You're dealing with the, the employee or the technician who shows up to the house. Yep. And what I've heard from some of the, the smaller companies, and, and, and one of them I know pretty well, he's worked at a bigger company before, so you kind of spill the beans. He's like, this is how a lot of these bigger companies work, is the techs are kind of, they have a kind of a base salary plus a commission, right? right. Uh, and obviously everybody wants to make more money. So, so when they show up to your house, what they try to do is definitely sell you a new furnace, right? Even if your furnace could be serviced, and the moment they see it's, oh, oh it's over 10 years old, you know, it's probably time to, to replace your furnace, right? So the benefit of going to the smaller guys, they're not going to push it as much on you because they don't have that commission structure. They know what they're making. Their their hourly rates are, they've got their own thing going on. I'll, I'll throw a caveat or, or I'll play a bit of a devil's advocate because like I don't want to just hate on the big companies because you know what? 
the the flip side is the little guys if they're busy you're not going to get a hold of them because they're they're in someone's basement right now hands on in a furnace getting it fixed so i think it's actually smart to have both because when it's minus 30 minus 25 and i've had uh two of these kind of situations already being being a um an investor or a landlord you want to have someone answer a phone with a call center and you want to have that tech show up a confirm appointment within you know later that afternoon or that evening or whatever so it, it goes certainly both ways and super good point Santosh. And, and by the way thank you for for uh coming and joining me on this adventure of finding yeah no problem happy to be here yeah of getting you first and it's it's especially in you know we're talking right now for context and whenever this gets published or, or pushed out but it's it's january 5th 2023 and my call because it always does came in on new year's eve with the trouble with my furnace santosh i want to say thank you for your time what do you do get your name out um in, in exchange for for your time today i really appreciate it so I'm a real estate investor and I'm also an investor focused realtor in the Calgary market. We primarily deal with landlords and investors, anything from your single family, suited property, all the way to multifamily buildings. And we have a Facebook group, Calgary Real Estate Investor Hub, and we host monthly investor meetups. So yeah, feel free to come, to, come out to one of our events and I uh, would love to chat with you. Fantastic. And what we'll do is we'll have Santosh's contact information uh, website all in the show notes. So fantastic. Thanks. Hey there, sorry for the quick interruption. This podcast is all based on the collective wisdom of everyone. It's interactive. We absolutely need your input and feedback. So if there's a comment, a question, a best practice that you've learned that relates to an episode or just something that's come across your mind you think would be great for the show, we are all about taking this collective wisdom to better the rental industry. Please, please share with us, good or bad, we'll take it all. I've got tough skin. Um, you can send your questions and concerns and feedback all to forrent at singlekey.com. Okay, let's get you right back in that episode. Thank you so much. So, uh, I was talking to Mitch going back and forth when we we're trying to organize the interview you just heard previously there. And in that conversation, he's like, well, you know what? I've got a friend in the industry that loves challenges and loves the troubleshoot really, really challenging furnace repair problems. I was like, this is my tech. I'm like, send him my way. Let's get him out there. I need to get this done. We're now taken into like the third or fourth day business day. Now I've had trying to get this issue resolved. And so he sends out his friend from Knights Plumbing and HVAC. His name is Chung. And Chung is my hero. I was this damsel in distress and Chung crushed it. He was awesome, very thorough, and gets my issue fixed. So here's how the outcome. Service call plus two and a half hours of labor to diagnose multiple furnace issues. Very true. And installed a uh, supplied a $90 thermostat. So his cost came out to, before tax, $425. And plus, here's what he did for me. So uh, supply installed a new Honeywell thermostat. Previous thermostat had been tripping prematurely, adjusted gas pressure from 4.56 to 3, whatever unit he uses, monitor gas pressure during service, checked duct pressure, checked belt for cracks, tightened belt, checked gas valve. Belt was previously removable without adjusting pulleys. Reduce airflow with loose belt. Awesome. All in, taxes included, he's $446.25. So my grand total 
of all my bills that I paid was $750.75, a far cry, well less, at you know one-eighth of the original quote I would have gotten with the $7,000 furnace install plus some ballpark and another thousand bucks or so to bring someone out to do all the drywall. Uh, maybe I could have got done cheaper at 500 but still more work, more organization, more disturbance to my tenants, all things I did not want. A lesson learned here is being patient. I was nervous in the beginning and I really was compelled to just get this issue fixed to help my tenants out, to provide them a better quality. And the first quote that came out, again, they're trying to sell me on replacing the furnace by saying that they'd credit that service call towards the cost of the new furnace. And so it was really, really tempting to go down that route. But being a little bit older and wiser and being in this industry long enough working on my investment properties, I was managed to be patient and uh, it was um, quite grateful, obviously, saving a ton of money. So bam, do a little dance. Okay, now the bonus here, the cherry on the top of the Sunday is I get a text a few days later after the furnace was fixed from my upstairs tenant and this is what they said. By the way, now that I have a point of comparison, I don't think the furnace has ever been working optimally since I moved in because the heat is now consistent across the house and never was before. So that's great. Recent fix has resolved that smiley face emoji awesomeness. Yes. So tenants even happy now. They're really good. And that's the one thing I always emphasize with how I want to find my tenants. And the tenants that are great at communication, they understand that things break. But when you have great open communication, timely communication, even if there's no updates, but just tell them, hey, I've got no updates, it's still on my radar, gives them the comfort, they trust you, they give, they're easier to work with, they give you the latitude to get the problem properly fixed, and um, what a huge win. So folks, that's my journey on this furnace repair Sega. Now, if you want the too long, didn't read short notes here, Here's the tips and takeaways you need to know to help avoid the expensive cost of repair of a new furnace that might not be necessary. So common tip, we all know this, get multiple quotes at a minimum, get three quotes. The pro tip that I learned in this process was getting quotes from different types of businesses. And what I'm saying is get one from the big box store, but get one from the small single person operation company running all the, running their own service truck. In this case, the Two last service techs that had come out, Mitch and Chung, both did not replace furnaces. Well, Chung might have. I actually didn't confirm that part, but he liked the challenge of just repairing things. So they weren't even motivated or biased to perhaps use to replace the furnace because they weren't being being given commissions or, or bonus kind of structure for doing that. And I'll get into that further. A good tip from Mitch in that conversation, if you didn't pick up, was pick the most common popular type of furnace available that will give you the likelihood of more readily available supply of parts 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So if you're seeing the same quotes by all the trades, uh, same popular units being sold in, in a Home Depot or wherever, that means there's a lot more of those furnaces in the market. There'll be more demand for service parts in the future, which means there'll be a greater supply to meet that demand. So you wanna be a part of that bigger majority of furnaces in the marketplace. The next thing, uh, I think the best thing here was the patents, once they get 10 years or perhaps a little bit older, start to expire. And that means the designs get released to the public, which then means other vendors can grab these designs and build very cost competitive, cheap replacement parts because 
the designs are publicly available. What that means for you as the consumer is these older furnaces are actually a diamond in the rough and you want to keep them running as long as possible because they're simpler and easier to troubleshoot. They're not as complex with the technology that these new furnaces have. And the replacements parts um, can be supplied from multiple different suppliers at a very competitive fair price. And bonus, since there's multiple suppliers, if we get one of these another kind of COVID disruptions to our supply chain that seems to have continuous ripple effects, you know, two, three years now from when COVID first started, this might help you again get, get those parts a little bit easier, which is really important. Some great tips from Santosh talking about the difference between a Lexus versus Toyota for furnace brands. Basically means there's brands out there that are top of the line that might make sense for your personal home or more luxurious home. But when you're buying a rental property and doing the maintenance and that, at the end of the day, no one goes and looks in the furnace room. As long as that heat's warm coming on the, the vents, all the furnaces will be the same. Buy the economical version, buy the Toyota over the, the Lexus brand. They have the same warranty and efficiencies. You're just going to pay less for the for the product and service calls because the repair um, replacement parts will also be a lot cheaper. Less bells and whistles, something like Bluetooth. Lesson I learned, ask your techs well, who they recommend. Leverage their network. Mitch got me pointed to Chung, who was this superhero, super smart uh, furnace tech came in, rescued me and saved my existing furnace. And then lastly, let's do a quick comparison of pros and cons uh, of the larger more reputable furnace companies versus uh, the smaller bootstrapping one, two-person operation companies. So pros with the large company, more likely to be around in the future for warranty support because they're a bigger operation. Larger team and systems in place to handle 24-7 coverage, which is it's critical. I mean, if you've got no heat and it's um, Christmas Eve or coming up on New Year's like me, you need to get a furnace in there, you got to do that. That's a basic human right. You, you can't mess around. And sometimes, like you said, you gotta bite the bullet and get that furnace replaced. So having the confidence that you've got a service call happening in the next couple hours from when you make your initial call is huge. The bigger companies can definitely offer that to you. The cons, that they may have underlying motives and preferred suppliers and maybe not always in the best interest of us being the customer. And perhaps the techs might be compensated with commission to use these preferred suppliers that they have or furnace manufacturers. Another con to the large companies is they, if they see an older furnace, they might just default to replacing it. And which is what I felt personally happened to in, my, in my situation, probably didn't help that the tech showed up with a sales rep before they diagnosed my problem. But that's what they said, oh, the furnace is too old, this or that. I don't think I got a really good, fair, thorough um, inspection to find the root cause, which clearly as the story's ended, I definitely did have that. So they defaulted to replacing the furnace instead of properly diagnosing the issue. Okay, so pros of a smaller one-person operation, they're more likely to have an unbiased compensation structure, meaning they probably just charge you a flat rate per hour, uh, so no commissions. Some of the smaller operation um, guys don't replace furnaces. They only do the repair side of the business, which is perfect. Therefore, you know for sure they're not motivated to sell you a furnace. They're really good at sharing knowledge. I found as well, they take the time to explain things to you because again, they're just charging you per hour, which I don't mind paying a little bit extra on a service call to understand why it's happening. Perhaps underneath the knowledge to better troubleshoot in the future to avoid expensive repairs or perhaps a service call. Some of them, like, the, like Chung, is very motivated to solve and figure out the problem. So that's the type of person you want. They're very knowledgeable, again. 
some of the cons though, going to these smaller operations is they could be very hard to get a hold of. I know that they might be hands deep on a service call and they can't literally answer the phone call. Uh, since they're only one person, they are the show. So if they're on vacation or traveling or somewhere else, they're not going to be able to provide you the 24-7 support that you need. I'd always give these guys a first crack. You have a couple on your list, but then if you can't, then that goes back to the pro of the larger companies. They've got the systems, the manpower, the call center in place to answer a call 24-7. The other thing too is if some of these guys aren't in business or changes their business, some of the long-term warranty support, if you did some work through them, might not be available or might be less likely they'll be available long-term down the road compared to a larger company that might be more fixed or main staple or has been in business for, for longer. Well, thank you very much. That's it. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Wow. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please check out singlekey.com. They are the main sponsor of this podcast. And simply put, it wouldn't be possible without them. We want your feedback. So again, if you haven't done that and you've probably already heard the plug, but send us an email at forrent at singlekey.com. We want it all. Comments, suggestions, lessons learned, anything that we can tie into this collective conversation with all these different perspectives to truly better the rental industry. We want it all. So let us know what you're thinking. We'll incorporate it into future shows. And if you haven't already and you want to, please subscribe to us and provide us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.